डियर लिस्नर्स साईराम वेलकम टू अवर रेडिओ सिरीज आफ्टरनून सत्संग दिस इज अ डिस्कशन बिटवीन रेडिओ साईज प्रेम अँड अरविंद ऑन डिफरंट स्पिरिच्युअल टॉपिक्स एव्हरी थर्सडे ऑन एशिया स्ट्रीम ऑफ रेडिओ साई ग्लोबल हार्मनी यू कॅन एन्जॉय दिस लाईव्ह कॉन्वर्सेशन इट्स फ्रॉम ट्वेल्व थर्टी पी एम टू टू पी एम इंडियन स्टँडर्ड टाइम टुडेज एपिसोड वॉज फर्स्ट फीचर्ड एज पार्ट ऑफ फर्स्ट डे लाईव्ह ऑन मार्च ट्वेंटी फर्स्ट टू थाउजंड थर्टीन ओम श्री साई राम दिस इज प्रेम फ्रॉम थीम रेडिओ साय अरविंद फ्रॉम थीम रेडिओ साय अँड वी आर जॉइनिंग यू फॉर दिस वीक्स आफ्टरनून सत्संग वेलकम अरविंद थँक्यू प्रेम साईराम साईराम टू ऑल आर लिस्नर्स and fellow participants in this satsang as always we begin by placing our most humble and loving pranams at the lotus feet of our beloved bhagwan now we move on to the topic of today's discussion the three r's traditionally you know there have been the three r's of learning right it is said that reading writing and arithmetic without any of these nobody can be said to be educated for education to be complete one must know how to read one must know how to write and one must know arithmetic and that's why i don't know why they called it the three r's because writing and arithmetic begin with w and a respectively it may be the phonetic <laughs> right and you know the coming generations might lose out one r i think <laughs> the right, way writing is almost fading out it's being replaced by typing or texting or whatever it is yes and uh, the language whether it is uh, the social networking sites or whether it's an sms whether it's even emails all the rules of grammar punctuation spellings i mean i can say not even gone to the dogs they've gone worse <laughs> you know when i write mails or when i compose messages somehow i've still not got in this text language or sms language or the modern language I type it out elaborately in perfect grammar capitalizing the first letter of the sentence using the commas where they need to be used getting the spellings right and many people you know find it very funny they find it strange they say why are you stressing yourself to go into such detail you know this is just fine sometimes it makes me worry about whether evolution is taking us towards destruction of the language you know that is also a very very uh, profound spiritual perspective you know mm. it's good to use this kind of language after you've mastered the language shortcuts are good after you've understood the nuances of the language correct but to start with the shortcut you know it ruins your learning because exactly. now if you look at english language there are a lot of things which people ask why a particular consonant is silent in a word why the spelling has to be different when the sound is the same similar to another word mm. but actually these all improve your learning improve your memory power but when we kind of cut short all this and go to the modern sms language i think we lose out on all this and that's what happens in spirituality also right there is a lot of similarity between the lower most rung and those in exactly the- because you see a lazy person who doesn't do anything in life and a yogi in the himalayas they look almost same they do nothing they just sit the whole day but there is such a world of difference between them sitting without doing anything after having completed the cycle and sitting without doing anything even before you started the cycle are two entirely different things it's like the joke i read the other day uh-huh. a man goes to the who wants to be a millionaire competition and he's being explained the rules he says there are 15 questions 
and if you answer each question you progressively win more money and the 15th question will give you a million dollars mm. and the guy at the hot seat says that why didn't you ask me the 15th question right away <laughs> <laughs> you know i think we all are approaching spirituality that way right exactly the way we are approaching our english the way we are approaching spirituality all seems to be the same so coming back to the three r's of learning swami always has emphasized more on educare rather than education because swami says that education is the process by which you stuff a person with things from the external but swami says true education must be educare where you elicit and bring out what is already latent within a person right. making patent what is latent when we go by that i feel the three r's of learning in the true sense would be what swami says as reaction reflection and reason sound and uh, it's so different from what actually we talk of the three r's as arithmetic and reading and writing because those are all acquiring knowledge mm. but this reflection reaction resound is a completely different perspective compared to that because here you're saying that you are the source of everything that you see the focus shifts from the external to the internal right. while one is needed for a living this is needed for life and i think it's also worth a mention that we are taking this topic on the suggestion of one of our listeners and we are very happy that mr silan naidu from, from south, south africa. africa he wrote to mm. us asking if we could take up this as a topic for discussion and hope you're, you're listening <laughs> hope you're listening we're happy to oblige yes because it was very nice when we ourselves went through the different discourses and different teachings of swami based on reaction reflection resound we saw that it is indeed a wonderful topic and it is fantastic so many thoughts came so many experiences have happened based on this and therefore here we are starting with reaction reflection resound prem when we talk of reaction reflection resound i would like to repeat this for the sake of our listeners the first thing that cropped up in my mind was a program that we put up in front of swami okay with exactly the same title mm-hmm. reaction reflection resound mm-hmm. and we were all the students of the msc chemistry batch right and therefore there was a bit of chemistry you know that got in yeah, reaction maybe, always reminds you of <laughs> the chemical yes, reaction yes chemical reaction for a physicist it is action reaction based on newton's laws so for a chemist you're a chemist and i'm sure you'll be able to appreciate that so we began our program you know i feel it's nice to begin this satsang also in the same manner based on the classification of chemical reactions mm-hmm. you know there are some chemical reactions which are called instantaneous reactions right they happen in a flash the minute the two reactants come together the reaction is complete you can see the color changing instantly or heat getting released instantly you know it happens so fast something like you get a flaming matchstick right to the hydrogen gas and there's an instantaneous pop the reaction of sodium with water sodium with water yes instantaneous yes to form sodium hydroxide right these are instantaneous reactions some reactions happen instantaneously and there are some fast reactions fast reactions are those as you know they take place over some period of time they're not as fast as the instantaneous ones it's fast but it's still in a studyable pace correct you know you can still observe it with quite a bit of detail yes and with normal measuring instruments right. without having to go to the advanced equipment right. and finally there are some slow reactions which take hours days weeks Years. months even years you know centuries for example if we take some of the elements that degrade to some other form isotopes uranium 238 forming from uranium 235 all of these have got something called a half life right even carbon 12 yes that's how we do the carbon dating dating that's how we uh, find out the age of many of the fossils that we find because it has a half life that spans into thousands of years i think this isotopes degrade to half its quantity mm-hmm. in thousands of years so right. that's an extremely slow reaction right so when we presented the program we presented this fact and therefore we said that in nature when we see 
such reactions with such varying paces is it not right for us to assume that in life too the reactions that we have for our actions are based on different time periods i mean some of the reactions that we get are instantaneous some are fast some take lot of time one thing is each incident has different reaction times i mean some of the common examples which swami himself gives is that you know when you prick with a pin Hmm. The pain is instantaneous, and even the blood coming out is instantaneous. And the you, hand immediately withdraws. Yeah. The other one is when Swami says, when you eat something and you belch, hmm. that is maybe a few minutes delays there compared to this. And the long drawn reactions, that is something like what Swami says, when you sow a seed or when you plant a sapling, the result is seen over a period of few years. Hmm. And the other way of looking at reaction times. Mm. is that i think even each person has a different time of reaction mm. like you know suppose i say something offending to you suppose i say something which hurts you you may be a person who reacts immediately mm. there might be another person who doesn't have the nature of reacting immediately but he might harbor that hurt for a long time and his reaction may be seen in another situation when he has the ability to react <laughs> Okay. That okay. also we've seen in people, you know, when Correct. people react for something which you did so many years ago hmm. and they would remember and say that you said this sometime back. So I think it even defines a person the reaction time. But if you're talking about actions and their reactions, I think that leads to a lot of confusion in our daily life also, right? Exactly, Prem. That is one of the fundamental laws that the whole spirituality is based on that every action has a reaction. I'm not using the terms equal and opposite because that holds good in physics but in the laws of karma that we see it's much more complicated than that right. it's not just about an equal and opposite reaction but this much is true that every action has a reaction and if we see the karma yoga that lord krishna teaches in the bhagavad gita he says that man is a creature of action action is inevitable right so action is inevitable and action inevitably brings about a reaction right and therefore we are whether we like it or not caught in this action reaction cycle right and now comes the question when you say that every action will get a reaction if you tell somebody that you be good to someone you'll get good back you be bad to someone you get bad back they are able to digest it accept it because it seems just correct you do bad you get bad you do good you get good the problems arise when you see that you're doing good but bad seems to be happening to you right and you see somebody whom you feel is bad is unrighteous is doing wrong things and good seems to be happening to them that's where the confusion comes and the problems arise when it's action reaction and that's where this important point of reactions having different times hmm. to appear after the action is performed you know plays a very important role it mixes up so much that you don't know this is the reaction for which action yeah for example if you see a corrupt official maybe you see that he's taking bribes he's doing all wrong things you know it and the next day you get to know that he has won a lottery and you feel how how is this possible and maybe you are going about doing service every day you set aside 3 hours to go about do seva serve the poor help them out and one day you return from your service and you see that your house has been burgled <laughs> and you feel this is unfair i am doing service and my house gets burgled that person is corrupt and he wins the lottery what justice is there in the world that is where actually this karma theory also comes as a relief that it is right that you did service and your house got burgled but please do not connect the two <laughs> it is not that because you did service your house got burgled right because the house getting burgled is a reaction to some other action which we don't know which we have done in the past which might even have been in a past life and therefore the good that you are doing will come back to you that is the confidence giving suggestion that comes through the karma theory 
because i feel sometimes things happen which i cannot explain why is this thing bad happening to me when i am good the only solace is i do not understand what is it that i have done that this is happening to me but if i continue to do good now there will come a time when you know those reactions are all erased and i will start reaping the rewards of the reactions of the good and then it'll be good all along i think that's the importance of sami reiterating over and over again the importance of the now the present is so important because you have no control over the reactions which are coming to you now good Correct. or bad but you always have control over the future reactions and that is when you're doing the time is now when you have the power over what you're doing right now just make sure you're throwing good signals you're doing good things speaking good things thinking good thoughts that's why swami says past is history past is past future is a mystery present is a gift and that's why it's called present the, and swami says it's not ordinary present it's, it's omnipresent. omnipresent meaning if you realize who you are and if you realize the times that you are in now that's all is needed that is interesting and nice and it is comforting but prem one point you know that always keeps cropping is why is there a delay yes natural things we can understand that you know you can't get a child before 9 months it takes 9 months you can't tell that the act is done and i need the child or you can't say that i have sown the seed i need the tree we accept it we somehow accept it in nature we accept all this time spans but when it comes to karma we feel why is it why is it that when i do good why don't i get the immediate reward right when i do bad why don't i get punished immediately why is it that i'm confused in this manner by it being you know delayed and postponed so this is one thing that always causes confusion i think that's right there should be some reason why some good reactions are held back or there hmm. should be some reasons why some bad is held back and given to you you know over a period of time or given to you in a later time i think for good being held back the best thing would be like how a farmer would water his crops okay like you know a farmer collects the water for maybe over few months the monsoon season but just because he has all the water he wouldn't be releasing all into the fields hmm he would have a certain time frame in which he would release it correct maybe every individual has a reason why he's getting good in a delayed response or having bad in a delayed response right correct when you said the example of the farmer prem i'm reminded of once what swami said mm-hmm. regarding the satisai gram seva okay. the satisai gram seva is today an institutionalized annual program of the shri satisai university right. where the students of the university go to the neighboring villages i think it's about 90 to 100 villages or right. more maybe okay. and they distribute food and clothing once a year for about a week and swami had said that i make you do this so that in future when you have a need for grace when you have a need for divine blessings i will look back at these good acts that you have done and based on this i shall shower on you my grace right which means that is a time when the students are accumulating grace just like the farmer accumulates the water so that it can be released during a drought later on for the crops in the same manner when we have the potential and ability to do tremendous good the good is not given instantly and used up it is kept for tough times ahead right that's what we do with our money right if i earn say $1000 a month i will not spend it completely because if i am a person who earns $1000 and spends $1000 i'll be called a fool <laughs> and if i earn $1000 and spend $1500 we get the crisis that we are now facing <laughs> in the world you know absolutely the bubble breaks and you find a crisis what is intelligent and what every financial advisor will say is if you earn to live within your limits if you earn $1000 spend $500 why because that is built in when any good has to come it's always good to dam up the good 
build up a reservoir of the good so that it can be used in times of need talking of the economic crisis that's exactly what we're doing hmm. you know earlier you earn 1000 dollars then your expenditure or your uh, ability to spend is about 800 dollars and 50 dollars but now it is like today you're earning 1000 dollars which means next year you might be earning 1200 dollars hmm which means you can spend 1100 dollars that's how <laughs> the logic is start right you're given credit cards and i think we've ruined the whole system with that but you know talking of doing good karma for future there's another aspect to it you know somebody was telling me hmm. that if you do good and good is going to come back to you if you do bad and bad is going to come back to you then an action is always going to result in more opportunities to receive that reaction expectation comes in expectation comes in one thing and it's a cycle there's no end to it and hmm. if you're looking at breaking from this birth and death cycle as the motive of every spiritual aspirant hmm. even doing good is actually going to draw him into doing more actions or coming into more births to receive the good results of his good actions hmm but what swami says is that with every good action you actually get mental maturity hmm. wherein you have a better perspective of seeing action itself which hmm. will actually enable you to release yourself from this cycle hmm which will lead you to maybe you know we will come to that a little later of reducing this ego which is actually causing you to hold on to your actions good or bad feel that it's my action my yeah. action uh, talking of uh, the delaying in the bad you know the analogy that comes to me is suppose a bank gives you a loan and at that time you are supposed to pay back right. you know if we take as receiving something to be a positive and paying back as a negative you're supposed to pay back but the bank doesn't tell you to pay back instantly it doesn't say that this is your loan plus interest is this pay back immediately it gives you chances to pay it in installments so in the same way i feel if people ask why is it that when i do the bad i'm not immediately punished if you are immediately punished my dear fellow you may not have the strength to be able to bear that punishment absolutely and therefore it is spread out in time and delivered to you as small blows so that none of the blows kill you <laughs> it may hurt you a bit but you recover from the hurt you heal because you have a capacity to heal and the hurt that is delivered thanks to the universal wisdom of the lord is always lesser compared to your ability to heal and that's why they say swami never gives a 10th grade examination to a third grade student right it's always according to your capability that the test is given or the pain is given because it is a two sided coin when god gives us if we feel that god gives us pain there's always accompanying strength also right therefore it makes a lot of sense that i do not suffer the consequences of my bad actions or of my negative actions instantly right because i may not have the capacity to bear it it's always good that it's given over a period of time according to my capability to bear it and you know an observation one devotee was making is that hmm. he was quoting a few devotees life hmm. he said almost all of those devotees hmm. if swami had saved them from a heart attack hmm. eventually they died of an heart attack okay there were devotees who were saved from you know cancer hmm. but eventually they succumbed to some form of cancer hmm. so he was trying to make this point that you know if you look at it swami was actually only delaying the inevitable hmm. and maybe what swami was giving them was giving them an opportunity to learn something between this eventuality and that and they be better prepared to accept what was coming their way you brought out two beautiful examples of heart attack and cancer but i feel prem why only heart attack and cancer it is inevitable that one day we have to go i mean so anything that is done as what we call grace saving one's life saving one's money saving one's relationship because all these things all these worldly things whether it's money relationships life we know it theoretically they are all ephemeral and one day they have to go so whatever swami does or god does to save any of this is in fact <laughs> just delaying the inevitable that's all 
and that inevitable is delayed and the pain is given in short bursts as you rightly said so that we are able to learn better from them and therefore i think it comes to the point that it makes a lot of sense that good actions are not rewarded immediately yeah some of them are rewarded immediately and at the same time bad actions are not punished immediately while some of them are punished immediately the reward and punishment are spaced out by an intelligence that is far superior to ours in a manner so that we will be able to benefit the most spiritually from both and i think that's the important point you know when you asked that why this delayed response mm. why over birth times you don't even know who you were when you did a good act or a bad act and you're suffering for it or you're enjoying because of it i think this is the reason because karma system as it is wrongly understood is not a punishment reward system hmm but it's a learning system it's a system which is trying to teach you and that is why that delay in response like what good i do i may never be in a position to actually enjoy it with this understanding which i'm having right now Correct. or with this desire to enjoy the fruits you know a person does something good thinking that he's going to enjoy the benefit maybe he's going to be spiritually evolved by the time the benefit comes and it's not going to give him as much joy as it would have given him when he was in a lower state of understanding hmm but i think that is the speciality of the system where you are trained to do good initially because good is what you will get in return if you do good but moving towards a state where you do good because you have to do good not because of what is going to come in return because it's your duty it your just duty as the fire burns and the water wets it's your nature to do it it's your nature to be dharmic and be good one more aspect you know about action reaction is that it's inevitable we often hear that people they say you know they did this bad and in order to atone for this bad they go to a temple and break 108 coconuts or they say that i shall do this good you know in the action reaction says that you cannot erase a negative that you do with a positive that you do this comes because mathematically <laughs> we are taught that minus 1 plus 1 equal to 0 so it's nullified if i do minus 5 all i need to do is plus 5 and it's nullified but in action reaction when you do minus 5 and when you do plus 5 remember that you will be given the reaction for the minus 5 and given the reaction for the plus 5 as well right and unless you are in a state that is beyond the body mind complex you will not be able to put the minus 5 and plus 5 together and make them zero because your response to the plus 5 will generate further reactions and your response to the minus 5 will also generate further reactions which will ensure that you are kept in this cycle of action and reaction forever it's a loop and i think that's the beauty of some action like devotion if you look at the life of badrachalam ramdas mm. you know he was imprisoned for 12 years i think in the so many versions of it but one version says that he was imprisoned for 12 years by the tanisha who tortured him till rama appeared and gave him the money mm. so the question is why did rama delay for 12 years and there 12 years he goes through unspeakable Hell. torture but then there is the other story behind this thing where he says that he in a previous birth badrachalam ramdas in a previous birth actually imprisons a parrot and derives joy out of torturing that parrot oh which he has kept captive torture as it looks like he was actually torturing it oh okay seems he used to take a needle and poke at it poke at its eye and see what its reaction literally like that okay okay but actually he had done a lot of good activity in the sense of repentance in the sense of turning towards god hmm. so that is why the 12 years which he actually was repaying for a bad act he was immersed in a state of bliss Mm. Though he was suffering because of his devotion to Rama, you know he might have been in a numb state where bad. God's grace acted as an anesthesia. Really, and at the end of it came redemption. Exactly, Prem. Swami says that even an avatar, when it takes up a gross human body, which is bound by the laws of karma, even an avatar seems bound by the karma. We see that example in the Ramayana. 
just before sita is brought to him after ravana is defeated in the battle you know right what rama says to sita i mean it's very shocking actually even for yeah. sita and even for all the vanaras because they see how much rama has loved sita and what extent he has gone to actually win her back mm. and when sita is brought in front of her rama is refusing even to look at her mm. and he is saying that you have lived in the kingdom of another man for 9 months in like, the palace of another in the man the palace of another man how do i know that you are pure hmm. so he says prove your purity by entering the fire hmm. and sita is shocked to hear this and sita is saying rama are you telling this to me i can understand if anybody else questions me are you questioning my purity and then rama says that see these are not my words to you these are the reflection of the words you gave a pure soul like lakshmana I remember when Rama has gone hunting for the golden deer right. and the golden deer happens to be a demon in disguise and cries out oh lakshmana oh sita oh lakshmana in the voice of rama in the voice of rama sita is fooled but not lakshmana who is guarding her right and lakshmana is not ready to leave sita to go in search of rama because that has been rama's command command in order to force him and provoke him to go sita says i know why you are staying back because you had an eye on me because of that lakshmana goes and that is when sita is kidnapped by ravana and you know it is not as if that rama did this and he was freed of it just as rama unjustly accused sita later on he too was accused by a washerman right we know how the story goes so this action reaction cycle goes on and on and on and everybody is bound to it absolutely in fact i was telling you before the discussion started about edgar case there is one anecdote in his life you know where people from a particular town come mm-hmm. to him and they are suffering from drought for many years so they come to him seeking for solace you know is there anything we can do so he goes into his meditation and he comes back and he says that each one of you in some previous birth have cursed rain okay when it rained you were very disturbed and you didn't like it and you used to curse why the hell does it rain hmm and he said because of that you all have been brought together in a village which is having drought okay so it's so important you know to be so particular about our thoughts right hmm well prem quite a discussion on reaction it has been you know this happens every time even when we did the program in bhagwan's presence right. on reaction reflection resound by the time we come towards the end of the module on reaction you know it's a very low that is set around because it looks so hopeless we just cannot understand it and what do we do it's almost like a ringmaster standing with a whip and every step you take is a downfall <laughs> yeah it looks like that but well you know giving back hope and courage is reflection but before we go to reflection part of the second hour i think we should listen to that beautiful telugu song which i think mostly has been composed by bhagwan himself i'm not very sure of it because it's part of those series of songs which were composed by bhagwan and right. sung by those lady devotees who have been trained by swami a lot of these songs were spontaneous outpourings when we spoke to one of the members of the kupam family mm-hmm. they said every miracle they saw would burst out into a song oh wow actually you know there is one song which goes that here is this enchanting sai who filled water in the petrol tank and drove the car okay that was after that incident happened mm. and i think so many beautiful songs and this is so whether it came directly from swami right. or indirectly from swami as an inspiration to somebody Absolutely. this is a beautiful song that shows that whatever you may do nobody is beyond karma Maybe or the give the meaning of the song karma data vashama is it possible to overcome karma correct and you may be a learned man you may be a powerful man a strong man whatever you are it is not possible you may be very intelligent you may have progeny you may be rich you may be influential but you cannot overcome karma or this action reaction cycle there is no bribe for this <laughs> there is no bribe for this 
Okay, dear listeners, we're going to play for you this song, and on the other side of the song, we're going to continue our discussion, but we will be taking the next hour, that is reflection. reflections. Shama. Shama. 
back dear listeners one more beautiful point prem about karma you know just now we heard this beautiful song that says that nobody can escape karma swami also has often said this in his discourses in the form of a beautiful poem you know saying that when you come into this earth you come with no ornaments whatsoever there are no beads there are no gemstones there are no diamonds with you but the only ornament that you carry birth after birth is a necklace of your karmas the necklace of your actions whose reactions you are going to go through in this life i think before we go to reflection we'll just hear that padyam that right. poem that swami often says talli garbhamundi janminchunappudu kanthamalave me kamaravu talli garbhamundi జన్మించునప్పుడు కంటమాలలోని కానరావు మంచి ముత్యపు సరూ మేల్వి బంగారు దండ మెడకు లేదు రత్నాలహారము రంజిల్లగా లేదు మాల కూడలేదు వజ్రాల మాలలు వన్న గుల్కగలేదు పచ్చల పొండలు పొదకలేదు కలదు 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 అందరి కంఠమందు కలదు కలదొక్క మాల అందరి కంఠమందు పూర్వజన్మాల కర్మలు పొందుబరచి మంచి ఎయ్యను చెడుగైన తుంచకుండా బ్రహ్మ నీకిచ్చి పంపును బరువుమాల కర్మలన్నీ చేర్చిన కంఠమాల కర్మలన్నీ చేర్చిన కంఠమాల కర్మలన్నీ కర్మలన్నీ చేర్చిన కంఠమాల దట్స్ దట్ బ్యూటిఫుల్ పదే అరవింద్ వైఫ్ స్వామీ సేయింగ్ దట్ యూ నాట్ కమ్ విత్ అ గార్లెండ్ ఆఫ్ డైమండ్స్ ఆర్ పర్ల్స్ ఆర్ no other gemstone but only the past 
actions of yours the punyas and the karma mala that is the only thing you have born with so listening to this prem often the feeling arises that we are all hopelessly trapped i mean how do i escape this what is this any action i do there's a reaction that binds me irrespective of whether it's good or bad and the reaction becomes my future action which yields the future reaction so i'm caught hopelessly i don't mind being caught hopelessly as long as only good things are happening i mean so it is nice which means for those good reactions to happen i must have only good actions but how do i do it because if i face the reaction of some past action which i'm not aware about and it's bad my reaction to that will be bad and which will again sow the seed for a future bad right, right. it seems like a hopeless trap and also one might wonder that what way is this topic of reflection reaction and resound is different from just the topic of karma which we took some time back mm. and i feel that is why this has another aspect into it mm. where it kind of empowers each person to an extent we have not imagined so far and that's mm. why this reflection is very important mm. and i'm reminded of something which sami used to tell when i joined you know in my first uji i've heard sami saying this during the thrice session it was almost like an open challenge sami threw at us mm. sami said that if you criticize anybody mm. if you look at anybody and say that hey see he's doing this and it's wrong mm. or you know he's having this bad quality mm. be assured that within a short span of time you will see that quality appearing in you mhm oh you will see that the same thing which you actually did not like in another person you will be doing the same thing you will be reacting the same way and then swami said the same way if you see something in somebody something good and you admire it know for sure that within a very short time that same admirable quality will appear in you wow and swami said you try it out it will work prem you're such a wonderful speaker great thinker and a fantastic human being <laughs> and same to you i should say <laughs> And you know you know Arvind I for one you know not that I went and tried out this thing but it really does work because mm. sometimes somebody would come and tell hey you good at this hey you know this is nice about you mm. and it would immediately strike me that this was something which I admired in a person when I was new into Swami's fold okay and this has been a sentiment which has been shared with me by many of my friends mm. and of course the bad which you see and I think that is sometimes faster okay. when you criticize somebody huh. within a day or two you, you will see yourself doing the same mistake in one of the discourses swami gave in try the other option which swami gave because spontaneously we criticize and spontaneously we kind of <laughs> find fault in others you know a very practical solution which swami gave us when you find fault with others immediately look for something good in that person okay. suppose you pointed something wrong in a person immediately see is is there anything good about him which you like Hmm. and dwell your mind on that or speak about that suppose i'm talking about somebody else to you and i'm talking something bad about them is there anything good about that person immediately i can tell to back what i've told okay so we said this is a way of countering what it is building a positive cushioning right. so that it's and not only with, bad and with time you will actually forget all the bad in others and you will be only concentrating on the good in others that's why swami narrates the story of jesus christ walking along with his disciples they come across a carcass of a dog right it's been dead for more than a week now and it's stinking and it's rotting flesh flesh is almost gone the bones are there and while all the disciples you know they close their nose in disgust and makes faces and turn away and walk the other way jesus gets a smile on his face and he says wow what wonderfully sharp teeth are there in that dog right so swami presents this as an example of being able to see good even in things which apparently seem to have no good at all right and that is what elevates one to the status of being a christ being jesus and not only seeing good you know if you look at 
human civilization mm. being part of the animal kingdom mm. if we ask ourselves why have we progressed so much leaving behind the other mammals mm. i think one thing which i could point out is man has the ability to take out what he wants from things which he doesn't want mm. ability to extract what is good for him mm. i think that is what the other mammals don't have food is available in the form of food it eats mm. but man can pull out food from where just imagine in fact today we have vitamin b12 tablets right <laughs> we have pulled out nutrient and micronutrients out of the food imagine if the first person who discovered a pineapple looked at the outer skin of the pineapple and never tasted it you hmm. would have lost a fruit correct and i think that's the ability of man to take out what he wants like he is able to extract the metal from the ore he is able to extract what is good from water for himself mm. you know now we are looking at making sea water into sweet water mm. his ability to take out what is good and what he wants and to leave out what is bad and i think if we all look at the people around us and do that every day take only what is good in them and absorb only what is good and just ignore the bad Mm. I think that's the way to progress from like how we have progressed from being other mammals to a human race which is definitely intellectually superior, superior. maybe from this journey from being man to a superman spiritually divinity. evolved person right what swami said in thrai reflects the age old proverb that everything is but a reflection of the inner being right what you see outside is what is actually within you and that's why swami says that if you criticize somebody you will find those same faults in you right. and if you pray somebody you will find the same in you nothing is more irritating than that you know yeah when you point out somebody's mistake and, and you end up in the same situation doing the same mistake i think nothing is more embarrassing than that because if you are able to see a mistake it is because it exists in you yeah, you know absolutely. in kannada we have a proverb we says that only a donkey can recognize a donkey <laughs> so if you call somebody a donkey you know there's even a hitopadesha story there are two scholars who go to the king's court and they expound on the scriptures and the king is immensely pleased with them so he would like to reward them and he goes to one of the pandits the priest and asks him i am so pleased you both are mighty scholars i want to you know reward that other priest what do you think i should give him this uh, scholar feels oh my god i have spoken here and he wants to reward the other person he says sir king listen to me he might have sounded very wise but he is just copying whatever i know he is actually a donkey he doesn't know anything so the king says okay and he goes to the other scholar asks him the same and he gets the same response the other scholar feels that i am the scholar what is that person getting rewarded for so he tells him the same oh king he copies he is just a donkey and same thing okay. and the king presents both of them with a bundle of hay mm-hmm. and he says i felt both of you were scholars but you revealed the truth about yourselves both of you seem to be donkeys it is these stories from the hitopadesha and all they have been hita upadesha which means good advice they have all been made basing on some of the truths in life and this is indeed a truth in life that what you see outside is what you are inside absolutely and therefore we can do a therapy by seeing only good outside so that we become good inside and i think that's that famous story from the mahabharata chami narrates mm. krishna just sets up a small play where he calls yudhishthira and says find for me one bad person one evil person in your kingdom Hmm. and he calls duryodhana and says you find one good person in your kingdom and then duryodhana comes back and says that krishna i didn't find even one good person in the whole kingdom and if at all i could point out one good person i think it's only me <laughs> you know, there is no other good person and then yudhishthira the noble one the dharmic one he comes and says that oh, krishna i searched and i searched and i searched i just couldn't find even one bad person in this whole world hmm and if there was anybody who had a little bit of flaw in them i think it should be only me and one is worshiped today 
as the embodiment of wickedness unrighteousness while the other is considered as dharma murti his name itself is dharma raja the king of dharma and that is obviously seen i am reminded of another hypothetical situation mm-hmm. which i love it because it is so nice and many of the devotees many of us who have had darshan in the last 5 to 10 years okay we may be able to you know associate with that this is set somewhere in 2008 2009 when darshan timings are not fixed two devotees have come they have come from the nearby city of bangalore to puttaparthi okay. and they are sitting in the darshan hall both of them have had a horrible week before that okay okay so now what i'm describing for one person holds good for the other person also these are two similar cases okay so he has had a very bad week he has had a tough time in office so much work has been dumped on him unfairly he has been criticized and his appraisal is not good he's so irritated he has come back home and he has had a fight with his wife and he doesn't know what to do and he feels that you know swami is my only refuge i'll go to swami so he tells his wife i'm going to swami she says i am also coming and that is how he his wife and his child have landed up in puttaparthi and he is sitting for darshan he has been called you know to work overtime on sunday so he has just got the saturday off so he has to be back in bangalore saturday evening he has booked by the saturday evening bus and he is hoping i'll catch one quick glimpse of my savior of my lord something swami will do that will make me feel good i am sure it he'll resurrect me and i'll go back and then he's waiting and sitting in the darshan hall it becomes 5 it becomes 5:15 5:30 6:00 swami has not yet come 6:15 is his bus now he starts saying what is this swami i have been waiting for you and you're not coming this is bad i have left everything swami and i am turning to you and you don't even come out for darshan is this fair another 5 minutes i'll be missing my bus i'm going to rush now and swami still does not come he gets up he's very angry now he's upset on swami also he says swami you ruined it i came here only for darshan and i didn't even get that he rushes he tells his wife it's time to leave now come fast the child sees this tension and you know the child starts crying he wants an ice cream the father gives him a slap and tells shut up let's go he goes he's just late for the bus the bus has left he says see this swami how he is doing he's arranging things so that everything gets messed up okay now we have to go by a taxi he pays five times the fare gets a taxi booked and he goes and he says that you know it's all messed up everything went from bad to worse and this kind of swami into his hand i would like to give my life what a mistake i am making another person is sitting in the darshan line he has had the same thing he is just waiting it becomes 6:10 and he says swami i've had a very 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 tough week i felt that having your darshan is the only solution for that and since i feel it's the only solution i don't care swami if you don't come today if you come tomorrow i'll stay tomorrow and have your darshan but i'm going to stay swami he waits swami comes out for darshan at 6:30 he know that his bus is missed and swami comes and when he passes by him swami doesn't look at him swami doesn't do anything but just seeing swami he feels some strange energy feels wow this is my lord if he is there to back me what can ever happen to me some positive vibes come in he walks out after darshan and his wife comes to him and she tells him you know we missed our bus the way swami came late i thought he may not come only he says see that is my lord that is my lord he tells his wife he says he would not have come out at all today I think it was not meant for him to come out but he knew he knew that there was one child of his who had come and was wanting desperately to have his one darshan and I think for my sake though it was late he came nevertheless and he's so happy and he sees his child wanting an ice cream he says why one eat two i'm so happy <laughs> he buys a sari for his wife and then he says let's have dinner here we'll see swami will take care having dinner he bumps into a person who says that he's going alone to bangalore he says why don't you join me in my car he says great and for free he gets a ride back home 
and he's so thrilled and he tells his wife now you know why i have given my life into the hands of swami because he makes it so beautiful those are the two perspectives of those two people if we are to ask swami what happened on that day swami says i don't know 6:30 i went for darshan that's all the situation is so neutral swami came for darshan at 6:30 that's it that ruined the whole week and everything and shook up the faith of a person while that same thing made a beautiful day for a person and strengthened his faith so much which means though we think that it's only imagination and our thoughts they are so powerful because all said and done swami says we are all embodiments of the lord and therefore our thoughts are divine thoughts they are so powerful that they turn true and the whole world becomes a reflection of the inner being so reflection comes as a solution to our problem of reaction because it gives the strength into our hands if we are able to tune our inner being we can transform our world absolutely you know talking of swami being a reflection of our inner peace or inner turmoil as the ah. case may be reminded of this incident which mr indreshwar shared with us you know the grandson of the rajmata rajmata of jamnagar hmm. you know he said that when he was in 12th standard Mm-hmm. Swami took him along with the other boys to Kodaikanal. Mm-hmm. And throughout the trip in Kodai, his only problem was what am I going to do next? Mm-hmm. And he wanted to ask Swami. So every opportunity he got, every opportunity he could ask this question to Swami, he would ask and Swami would say that no, I think you would do well in the army because all your uncles and everybody is in the army. I think you will do well in the army. Okay. So he was happy. The next day again Swami would say you're doing your 12th what are you going to do next? And he said Swami you said you go to the army. So he said no 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 army is life is too tough and you cannot even put up with the discipline of the hostel how can you do in the army? Mm. So he said I think you do bcom and do business. Okay. The business will be good for you. So he said okay. That very evening Swami comes and asks him that your 12th standard what are you going to do next? Okay. And then he says Swami you said bcom and business. Swami so said business what do you know about business? If you start business it will be all losses. Mm. I'll tell you what you do BSc MSc and you do research. Mm. And you know Swami was changing like this almost every session. Mm. Every session Swami would come and tell him you do the army no you do business and Swami said no you stay back here I will give you a job here no you do this you do that. And imagine he's just a 12th standard boy. So he was all confused. and he says that at one point you know there is that staircase from swami's room landing in the living space in saishruti so he was standing at the beginning of the staircase so that when swami would come down he would somehow corner swami and ask swami that you know mm. swami please clear my confusion so he was standing there and he said there was a beautiful decorum then the moment anybody comes and stands there the rest of the boys would understand that that boy is trying to convey something very personal to swami mm. so the moment swami comes everybody would vanish giving that privacy to swami and that boy okay okay so there were a lot of boys who were cleaning the carpet they were wiping the windows and everything the moment swami came down to this boy everybody just slipped into corners and just vanished from there and literally gave a interview room for swami and that boy the boy caught swami's feet and said swami you keep changing like this i'm totally confused i really don't know what to do i'm getting into depression what do you really want me to do So I said, see, I didn't tell you anything. You wanted to go to the army. I just reflected the thought. Then you wanted to be a businessman. I again reflected the thought. Then you wanted to stay here and do MSc, and you wanted to spend more time with Swami. I reflected the thought. So I am just a mirror. I just keep reflecting whatever thought arises in your mind. And you know, then Indraeshwar asks a very important question. I think it would arise in all of our minds when we listen to this. He said, Swami, if that is the case, my mind is always going to be changing. Mm. and if you're going to always reflect only what is arising in my mind in an eternal state of confusion mm. then what is the solution to it and you know swami said a very beautiful thing swami said see i am in the depths of your heart suppose you're looking at a pond of water as long as the pond is murky you will see only your reflection mm. but if the pond is clear you will see what is in the bottom of the pond 
Swami said, now your mind is murky. Your mind is full of thoughts and confusion. So I am only reflecting what is the confusion in your mind. Swami said, let the thoughts settle. Just Still leave it. it to me. Just don't think about your future. Don't worry about your future. Then you will know what Swami wants you to do. God is a pure reflection. That is such an empowering statement actually. Because very often we say that we are surrendering to God. And just like you brought out in that perfect example, when we state or when we talk to anybody or when we... do anything we say that we have surrendered to god but in our heart we have our own likes we have our own dislikes say for example i want to achieve something i say i have surrendered to the lord i will just do my action i don't care whatever the lord will let it happen that is just what i state in reality whatever the lord wills if it happens i am not happy with it i want it this way i want it this way i want it this way say i want suppose i am seeking a friendship i say lord you are my friend so send me somebody just to be a good friend of mine whoever you send is fine o lord but when it actually happens ah no swami how this we don't have common likes how can this person be my friend we don't share the common passions how can this person be my friend or what if god sends a friend to me who does not believe in swami this has happened i feel like swami how can he be my friend he does not even believe in you see when i said that i surrender to you totally acceptance is the first step in surrender we are not ready to accept the minute it comes to acceptance we start putting up our own desires those are the thoughts those are the desires which swami said that makes the pond murky makes us unable to see the divinity beneath and then we blame god god is just like a mirror if i hold up my wallet in front of it and say i want this wallet the mirror is going to show me the wallet right the beautiful thing is if i hold up my iphone and say i don't want this iphone what will the mirror show me the mirror will show me the same iphone so it does not matter what i want and what i don't want what matters is what i hold and very often in life we hold things that we don't like and that is why we end up feeling sad frustrated depressed because if within our thoughts and in our feelings if we are holding only things that we like will we ever be sad will we ever be frustrated or irritated we will always be happy but no the very fact that we are sad depressed frustrated feeling that we are the victim is because we are holding such things within us and that is what will get reflected to us because god is a pure mirror absolutely and that's why swami emphasizes over and over again of the importance of gratitude hmm. you know swami says that when you thank for what you have received you will be given more opportunities to thank correct but if you crib and you curse you'll be given more opportunities to crib crib and curse so that's why swami says that for every little thing if you can thank god and swami says if you drop a handkerchief somebody picks it up and gives it to you you say thank you sir and hmm. you said for the god who has given you so much you're not ready to say thanks and, and you're uh, finding things that are not there absolutely and i think that is the empowering nature of reflection you spoke about reaction but reflection that is why it's so important you cannot change the world if the world is unpleasant if the world is unhappy if the world is ugly you cannot change the world but there are some things which you can change in yourself which will reflect in the world around you the statement that you made right now prem if the world is ugly if the world is bad you cannot change it the beauty is once you change your inside the world no longer is ugly absolutely because if the world is ugly your inside is ugly that's why it is said yad bhavam tad bhavati swami says there is no problem in the srushti which is creation all the problems lie in the drushti which is vision there's no problem in the creation there's problem in the vision and even more confusion comes when you try to change the srushti even if you resign to the fact and you sit in a corner it's fine but people are going out to change the world 
without looking within and that is where the problem comes in and the chinnakatha which swami says very beautifully where a king is taken ill with some weird kind of a disease mm. and the royal surgeon is called in mm. and he says that the problem with you is you are not able to see all colors so make sure that you see only green color that will cure you mm. the royal surgeon leaves the court and after a few months when he comes back to the city he sees that all the streets have been painted green all the buildings have been painted green the cattle has been painted green <laughs> and oh you know the whole city is in green so he walks into the king's chamber and says what have you done he says you told me to see only green and then the surgeon says you fool all you had to do was wear a pair of green spectacles instead of trying to change the world same, same thing where, where swami says that if you have to walk across a path that is strewn with thorns don't try to clear all the thorns you will hurt your hands just wear a pair of slippers right. walk across it's all about changing the individual but no the problem with us is whenever anything happens we always feel that we are fine we have done good we have shown so much of love for swami we are such devoted we make a martyr of ourselves and wallow in self pity and find all the faults in the world outside the world is cruel the world is this the world is this but yet you know i place my faith in my lord i mean somehow it transforms into a kind of self pity this makes us feel that the world is in need of a change i am reminded of the analogy i think this is a reiteration i don't mind repeating it a hundred times because it's so powerful during one of the sai sanidhi meets mm-hmm. when it comes to trying to change the world swami gave an example he said the world is a hall of mirrors he said once a dog entered the hall of mirrors and when it entered the hall of mirrors it saw all around it saw so many dogs waiting it felt oh my god if i do not assert my supremacy here these dogs are going to assert theirs and so it barked and when it barked swami said that all the thousand dogs barked back at it right he said my god i'll put them in place and so the dog attacks one of the dogs and swami said the mirror fell down broke and thousand new dogs came and started barking at the dog and swami said only dogs behave in the world like that swami said you know what a man will do when a man walks into the hall of mirrors he only is filled with admiration because he knows that wherever he sees he is seeing himself and swami said if at all he notices a defect and swami did that so beautifully you know like as if the hair has got crumpled mm-hmm. he immediately corrects himself and the defect gets rectified you know when you enter a hall of mirrors and you see that the hair style is not fine you do not go and comb the mirror you just comb your own hair and it becomes perfect swami said that is how a human is supposed to behave in the world if you are seeing a defect in the world know that that defect lies in you rectify it and it will be gone and that is why there is no problem in the srishti it's only in your drishti and i think that is the most important demarcating factor of a man who is turning to spirituality hmm. because if you are becoming a spiritual man you will look within that's why right. swami says sadhana is the inward path because everything which happens to you every problem which comes to you you will look within for solution not without i think that is why this reflection is so important and i think it's total internal reflection right Correct. that's what it is and that is why this is such a redeeming r among the three r's <laughs> exactly because it empowers us it brings a center of control within ourselves rather than without just imagine if i feel the other way that is not that the world is a reflection of the inner being but everything that's happening reflects in my inner being then i am just like a remote controlled car a toy that is controlled by circumstances by people by events by situations everything in the world seems to control me swami says no learn the correct perspective you are controlling everything in the world i may not be able to transform the world but i can definitely transform my world 
and this has been focus of swami's teachings always even when it comes to dharma or goodness when people ask what is the use of being dharmic what is the use of being good it is not going to change the world swami says your goodness is like a lamp in a dark room that the world is strewn with so much furniture your goodness will ensure that you do not bump into any furniture your goodness will protect you and therefore your journey will be smooth your world will be beautiful and in another way swami says the same thing that there have been thousands of cases of people without faith who have been destroyed but nammi chadana varu leru 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 swami says there is not even a single case of a person who had faith in faith the lord who has been let down ruined because faith goodness dharma all these are so closely intertwined this will protect it will not transform the world but it will transform your world and therefore reflection is a very empowering hour and i think we are left with just one last hour so we will get back to that maybe we'll just play a little song which the song is on reflection hmm. and after that we will reflect on on reflection and resound <laughs> on reflection and resound and we'll wind up this satsang when you look into
Yes, Arvind. Coming to the last R, resound. Hmm. You know, talking of resound, you know, the word which comes to your mind is echo. Correct. Where when we speak out something and it comes back to us. And there's this beautiful Chinnakata when you talk of resounding and echo. I think Swami says that there is a shepherd boy, shepherd boy who takes his sheep to the valley. Mm-hmm. And one day he comes back and he's a little upset. He tells his mother that there is somebody in the hills who hurls abuses at me. Mm-hmm. And the mother says, what happened? What exactly happened? And uh, she realizes that this boy is actually talking about the echo. Mm-hmm. And then the mother tells him that, you know what? You talk sweet words to that voice in the hills and it will start treating you very nicely. And so the boy goes and he says very nice things and he gets very nice things. And he comes back to his mother and says, exactly, mom, in the voice in the hills is not so bad. Actually, it is talking nice things to me. When I said, I love you, it told back, I love you. Right. I think that was the very important message Swami was giving in that song that, that what comes back to you is something which you have sent out sometime back. And one more subtle aspect, you know, it is not there as the Chinna Kata, but it is so evident in that. The echo that comes back to you, if you say, I love you, it does not come back as I love you. It comes back as I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. It is like almost I said it once, but I got it back 10 times. Right. And that is another thing that Swami says that everything is not very linear. That has been the root for one of the most famous propositions of scientific thought, which is the butterfly effect. It goes back and there is the chaos theory that has been propounded. It goes back to the fact that nothing in the universe is linear. It's not equal and opposite as we believe. Because it started with one man's efforts in finding out weather patterns. And in calculating the weather, he saw that when he did two iterations of the same thing, the resulting weathers were totally different. On one side you had a sunny day, on the other side you had a snowy day. Mm -hmm. How could such varying differences come when you have taken the same input parameters? That was his question. Okay. And he found out that the fault lay in him rounding up the decimal places. He had rounded up his figures after the third decimal place. You know, when you take something like wind speed, Mm -hmm. after the third decimal place, that wind speed is something like what you would breathe out or the amount of wind that is generated by the flap of a butterfly's wing. Okay. That little it is, so he felt that is negligible. It won't affect the climate. But apparently it does. And that is why the famous statement is a butterfly flapping its wings in Indonesia can cause a tornado in Mexico. (laughs) And that is the butterfly effect. Which brings us back to if we do good, we think that what is my little good going to help? My little good is like that butterfly wing flap which can cause a tornado of goodness in the world. And therefore, we should keep doing good because the bad also can happen the same way. The bad can also spiral up and become a gigantic bad tornado. And therefore, It is important to realize that we are empowered to do good and we do good so that it is goodness that spreads all around. That is the resound that comes. And in fact, you know, Swami was talking about this, especially in places like Parthi, you know, where it's called uh, Punyakshetram, where God himself has walked. And in fact, this was told by a great yogi to one of her devotees who was sharing this with me. He said, this place is so potent that every good act that you do here in the presence of Swami will come back to you in multifold. Hmm. But the catch is, every bad that you do will also come back to you in manifold. There it is, the resound. So you have to be very, very careful with your actions and thoughts in places such as this. But I think it holds good for every other place. Because as I said, as we started before, karma theory is not a punishment theory. Because if it was just justice and punishment and reward, you should get exactly what you've done. 
बट बिकॉज इट्स अ लर्निंग प्रोसेस आई थिंक इफ यू विल लर्न ओनली विद लाउडर रिसाउंड आई थिंक यू विल गेट अ लाउडर रिसाउंड इट्स एन एवोल्यूशनरी प्रोसेस राइट एंड दैट इज वाई स्वामी ऑलवेज ट्रेसेस on trikarna shuddhi you know trikarna shuddhi is often loosely translated as unity in thought word and deed like you should think the same thing speak the same thing and do the same thing swami says manas ekam vachas ekam karmanyekam mahatmanam you become a great person when you have unity in thought word and deed this brings a question like so if i think of killing speak of killing and go and murder a person am i a great person that is where the word shuddhi shuddhi of trikarna shuddhi comes into play shuddhi means purity we need to have unity and purity of our thought word and deed and that is how we can create a more beautiful world for ourselves and it's so beautiful the thought word and deed hmm thought is nothing but reflection yes we reflect hmm and word is resound perfect and deed is reaction so wow. every action is reaction that is why reflection reaction resound and thought word and deed are so intertwined and trikarna shuddhi as you said is so important we need to have purity and unity in our thoughts word and deed you know with every mathematical or theory in physics there is something called the rule of the thumb mm-hmm. which means if you do not want to understand the whole thing no problem just remember this one thing it's enough the rule of the thumb here is have unity which means truthfulness honesty and purity which means goodness in your thought word and deed and that's enough don't worry your life will be taken care of the rule of the thumb is therefore trikarna shuddhi if we want to benefit most from the three r's that is reaction reflection and resound and talking of purity purity in action no because as we said good is going to come back to you bad is going to come back to you so where is that full stop where do we lay that full stop mm. and you know i was reminded of a quote which i read in a book i don't know if you've heard of that book it's the book of mirdad and i remember noting it down in my diary when i read it mm. you know it says that when love is the only residue of all your accounts with the earth mm. then will the earth acquit you of her debt wow when you love everything you are attached to nothing and it's so beautiful because pure love actually has no expectations hmm. and i feel purity is that when you do goodness for the sake of goodness not because goodness is going to come back to you or goodness is going to come back to you in many fold you're being good because that is my nature to be good that and is maybe, what swami expects of me and maybe going back to what we started with maybe that is one of the reasons why we are not instantly rewarded or punished because i think the universal infinite wisdom out there does not want to encourage us to do good because we will get good right does not want us to abstain from doing bad because of fear that we will get bad it wants us to evolve understand this beautiful functioning of the material universe in relation to the spiritual universe and therefore do good because it's our nature to be good and abstain from bad because actually there's nothing like bad abstain from bad because it's not our nature to be and that is why we are not immediately rewarded because you should not do good seeking the reward and you are not immediately punished because i don't want to do this because if i do i'll get it <laughs> not like that i don't want to do it because right. you don't, don't hurt do a person not because tomorrow somebody is going to hurt you you don't hurt a person because it's your nature not to hurt another exactly. person exactly and that is why we should be grateful to god or the infinite wisdom out there to our beloved swami that there is this delay in the good and bad we do so that our actions are not wrongly motivated and maybe you uh, will end with talking of reflection it's a beautiful analogy which swami gives mm. an equation which swami creates what is 3 minus 1 swami asks and the answer which two. all of us would be would give is 2 swami said no 3 minus 1 in spirituality is 1 what swami says is that when you stand in front of a mirror mm. you have the object that is yourself 
Then you have the mirror, mm-hmm. that is the second entity. And then you have your reflection, that is the third. And Swami says, if you remove yourself or the mirror, what will be left is only one. The third entity automatically vanishes. That's why three minus one is one. There lies another solution to this endless birth and death cycle. Right? Because when Swami says that when you see the world as separate from you, when you see that world is there, separate. that is a mirror and I am there, and then you have the third reflection. Hmm. But when the ego is removed, there's nothing like somebody is doing good, somebody is doing bad. It's just one. And I think to reach that state, you need to do a lot of good, of course. <laughs> I think the catch is there. And, and so, Swami says, if you want to kill your ego, there are two ways to do that. Killing the ego means removing the individuality that you possess. And for that, Swami gives two ways. He says, the chains of action and reaction bind you tight. The only way to escape is to grow huge so that you shatter the chains. And you grow huge by the formula of Soham. I am that. Soham. I am that. I am the supreme. Or you grow so small that the chains can't bind you. They just fall off. And Swami says, that is the method of Dasoham. Which says, I am nothing, O Lord, you are everything. I am but a small, insignificant, humble servant of yours. So either Soham or Dasoham is the way to sublimate the ego. Removing the mirror is Soham. And removing the individual is Dasoham. So either way you do, you remove one of them. And there only one exists. And there is no problem of this. And definitely for people like us, Dasoham is definitely an easier way because we have a lot to love. We have somebody who we can most delightfully offer ourselves to. And that is the advantage we have. And Swami, we thank you for that. And not just this show, we offer our life at your feet. And we thank you for this opportunity. Dear listeners, this is Prem from Team Radio Sai. And uh, dear listeners, please do keep writing to us. Anything just like Brother Naidu wrote from South Africa about this topic. It is so beautiful because we are also in search of ideas. We are also in search of topics. We are also in search of themes. We are not generators over here. So it is as we say always, it's a global satsang with Swami at the head of the table. And all of us here just sharing our experiences, discussing. And more and more we discuss, more and more we interact. The more enriching it is for all of us. And before we leave... We offer this humbly with all our love at the lotus feet of our most beloved, most beautiful, wonderful master, guru, guide, friend, teacher, mother, father, everything. With that, we shall take leave. Hope to meet you at the same time next week for the next afternoon satsang. Sairam, you just heard an episode of our radio series, Afternoon Satsang. This is a live discussion between Radio Sai's Prem and Arvind on different spiritual topics and today's episode was first featured as part of Radio Sai's Thursday Live at 12.30pm on March 21st, 2013. You can mail us your comments and feedback to listener at radiosai.org. Thank you and Sai Ram from Prashanthi Nilayam.